Welcome to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's Body Life Pastor Terrence Ford. 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. And I sent more scriptures to Pastor Gabe, but I'm going to cut some out and we'll tag it later. But 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 9 and, and just read a few, and then we're going to jump to Malachi. 2 Kings chapter 2 says, And it was, and so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I am taken away. Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing, nevertheless, If you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in pieces. And he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Malachi chapter 4. Verses 5 and 6 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. You can be seated in the presence of God. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this convening, for this conclave as we dive into your word today. We thank you for this word that you want to speak over this congregation and those listening online. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And as I decrease, I pray your Holy Spirit increase and your anointing increases in this room. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight for you are my strength and my redeemer in Jesus name. Amen. If I may, I want to uh, talk about God's kingdom combine. There's a such thing, for those of you who know sports, you know in the NFL, every year they have something that's called the NFL combine. And it is when all the uh, top athletes from uh, all different divisions of college who have served their time and tenure in college are able to go and do all these workouts and all this jumping and all this sprinting and all these things. And hopefully the NFL would draft them onto a team in the NFL. And many players are chosen every year. As you all know, my Georgia Bulldogs, they've been putting them out the last couple of years. We're going for a three-peat, but it's kind of hard right now the way we're looking. But I'm I'm still diehard Bulldog. Amen. They go in and um, they choose these players. These players then go on to NFL careers, 
professional careers. And God began to uh, let me meditate and think on that, that in his kingdom, it is quite similar, but even greater that God chooses us. The Bible says we didn't choose him, but he chose us. And, and God wants to talk about his kingdom combined, not NFL, but his kingdom combined. And when we all come together, and so today as we dive into our sermonic stream, I want to talk about what I feel is an evident issue in the church. And I don't mean just high praises. I mean God's global church. I believe it is a fixable issue if we allow God to fix it. However, it is a prevalent issue. It is an evident issue that uh, the ecclesia, God's church, is facing today and has been facing for a long while. The ecclesia, of course, refers to God's church. Ecclesia, by definition, is God's called out ones. It is not that God is into beautiful edifices as much as he's into building beautiful people. And if you build beautiful people, beautiful people build beautiful edifices. The only reason we have beautiful edifices, such as what you see today, is that we may gather and come in here and get equipped to go out to do kingdom work. Amen? And so the church is all about spiritual production. It's a production line. It's, it's, it's spiritual production. We enter in to reproduce, to, to produce. And so as we gather as God's kingdom citizens, we begin to understand that God has a purpose on every individual. God is not into wasting one. The Bible said it is not his will that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance, enter into his kingdom. And so God is not into wasting no one. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have wasted material. Touch yourself and say, I'm, I'm God's material. There, there's a purpose on every single one of us in as life goes on and as we matriculate and mature in Christianity, we will continue to gear toward our spiritual mandate. We don't, we don't, we don't have this push like, like it was when I came along and like when many of you who are older came along that, that what's your purpose, what's your design, what's your what we call calling. Um, people would ask that question not too long ago when I was coming along and it would make me want to ask God, Lord, what, what is your design? What is your purpose on my life? Since you don't waste material, God wants to help us to uh, 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 matriculate to understanding uh, the design, the purpose. It's, 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 it's not separating ourselves from the rest of the body, but understanding that we all have a part that we must play into helping God's kingdom in the earth realm expand. God is into kingdom expansion. He wants his kingdom to expand in the earth realm. And we all know he could have did it all by himself, but he chose to use you and I. He chose to use us to help his kingdom in the earth realm. And that's where, why the prayer says, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth where we are as it is in heaven where he is. The scriptures teaches us that. Uh, there is to be, watch this, unity and diversity in God's body, the church, where 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 31 says that there, 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 watch this, it says it's one body but many members. One body but many members. You're the ear, but you can't say because I'm not the hand, I'm not a part of the body. Yeah, we're all, 
are part of God's body. You're an eye, but you're not the foot. But you can't say because I'm not the foot, I'm not a... Yes, we all are a part of God's body. One body, many members. Everyone serves a purpose and a design. A person that don't have the testimony, as some of you who may be sitting in here today, and I know that many of you don't have the same testimony. Some of you, ever since you can go back to being a toddler, you was raised in church. You, you, you feel like you've been saved all your life because you were raised in it. That's not my testimony. For me, it came a season where, uh, I preached this before, but my mother committed her life to the Lord when I was around 13. Okay? And from that time, she drugged us to church. Yeah, she drugged us big time. Amen. My mother was one of them ones that, get out the bed, it's time to go. And you know how you're trying to get that second nap in that said, next thing you know, the sheets would be jerked off and a belt would come and you jumping up trying to run and do everything to get yourself ready to go. She drugged us to church. Amen. But I'm grateful that she did. Even though at that time she drugged me to church, I went to church, but the church wasn't in me. But as I continued, amen, it wasn't until years later, about seven to be exact, when I turned 21, that I committed my ways and lifestyle to the Lord. And it wasn't until then that I began to see what God's church and his kingdom was all about. I mean, after all, the church is, watch this, a living organism. It is a living organism. It is ever-evolving. Each generation presents to the church new challenges that the church must make adjustments and changes for God's kingdom advancement to take place. God doesn't change. Scriptures let us see that every day when we we read the scriptures that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. However, with each generation, his methodologies, they do change. Amen. Not Jesus. But his methods change in each generation because what it took to save grandma, it takes something different to save. Same Jesus, but it takes different things, different ways to reach and teach one. Amen. To grab someone. Amen. Same Jesus, same Lord. And these adjustments and changes is not to ignore former generations. It's it's not to ignore because God would never leave anyone behind. He's, 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 God is the God that reaches back to former generations and say, come on up a little further. We, we got some, some, some new assignments that we got to do. We got some new people that we got to reach. Amen. Amen. You do know you, you can't reach some street people with grandmama's religion. It takes something else. I'm not talking about compromising. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I may win. That's without compromise. He's not changing who he is. He's not dropping or lowering his standards. He still has his standards, but I got to be able to reach. I remember one guy in church that I was pastoring a long time ago, backslid, went out on the street corners, and, 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 and I, was, I was driving down the street corner where it was drug infested, and, and, and the Holy Spirit said, what you going to do? I said, what you mean what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep driving. <laughs> I said, I don't touch that. Holy Spirit said, no, that's not kingdom. He said, turn your car around, go back and get them. And I dreaded it. I mean, I was like, no, God, not me. 
I'm a pastor. He said, yeah, I need you to get your hands dirty. Because I got my hands dirty when I messed with you, and I need you to get your hands dirty to get somebody else. Yeah. And I wheeled my little car around, went back down on the street corner, and when he saw me, he jumped. What you doing out here? I said, I came to get you, brother. I said, the Lord, I'm talking about, they, they selling drugs right there in front of my face. I said, God told me to come and get you, my friend. He said, nobody has ever done this for me before. It's something about you, man of God. I say, it's Jesus. Amen. It's the Holy Ghost. That's why you got to stay in tune. You got to keep cadence with the Holy Spirit. You got to walk in him and listen to him because he'll tell you to do things that'll get you out of your comfort zone. And getting you out of your comfort zone is not to make you uncomfortable. It's just to make you win some, save some, grab some. Amen doesn't want to leave anyone out. Needless to say, it was a different day and time just as today. It's different. I've been preaching now a little over 28 years. And I remember being a part of a fellowship. It was a dying fellowship, not the denomination. The fellowship was a dying fellowship. The denomination, by all means, is still booming to this day, one of the largest denominations in the world. But I was a part of that fellowship, and, and they asked me to come and preach. And I went in, and I, I was surveying the audience, and on top of my notes, I felt a, a moment. I felt a quickening, and the Holy Spirit said, ask this question. And I got up when I uh, opened my message. I said, let me ask a question in the room today. I said, everybody that's 40 and above, stand up, and 85% of the room stood up. I said, okay, you can be seated. I said, everybody that's 12 to 21, stand up. And it was about five or six people. And I said, everybody that's, that's, that's between 15 and 30, stand up. And there was about another six or seven people. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, this is dying because there's a generational chasm. There's a gap. And it's not being filled. And I spoke that word over that, that, that awaiting congregation that day. And, and our minds were blown at the power of what God was trying to reveal. But the principle still stays the same with every single one of us today. If there are chasms in generations, there means something is dying that needs to be brought back to life again. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, the scriptures are always clear that the landmarks are to always be passed down. I'm not talking about your property borders. That's not what the scripture is talking about. I'm not talking about going out marking your land and what you own. I'm talking about your spiritual heritage. God says, make sure you don't ever forget to let the next generation know how you got what you put. Make sure you don't ever forget to tell somebody about the Jesus that saved you. <laughs> You got you to gotta pass it down. Somebody say, you got to pass it down. Generation X and above, we, we came up in a different day and time. You got Generation X, you got baby boomers, and you got the matures. We came up in a different day and time than these generations today. It was different because if you're my age and older, I'm 50. If you're my age and older, then most of you know that we, we got whoopings. Yeah, we, we, we got whoopings that they would call the police on you for today. Yeah. <laughs> I got any witnesses in the house today say, yes, Lord. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they would have you go pick your own switch. <laughs> That's some crazy stuff. I got to get a whooping and I got to go pick my own switch. 
So I try to go out and find the smallest little twig I can find. Here you go, mama. <laughs> Boy, get back. <laughs> I went with extension cords and, and but whatever they could find. If they had a broom handle, they'd hit you with it. <laughs> it's a different day in time. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> we, we, we didn't even have to say nothing. Just walk out the room funny and watch and see what's going to happen to you. Walk out the room with an attitude. Yeah, you young people, y'all don't know nothing today. Y'all don't know nothing. They'd be like, oh, oh, stop, stop. Come, come, come back here. Bring your butt back up in here. Amen. Uh, come on, somebody. God help you if you rolled your eyes. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a different day in time. <laughs> it's a different day in time. Or Don't you dare suck on your teeth. Boy, you're going to get slapped. It's different. <laughs> Some in here today don't know nothing about eight tracks. Don't know nothing about it. Uh, that, was, that was a tail end of my generation, but I was old enough to see it. Amen. We had eight tracks, and, 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 and if you played it uh, uh, for a little while, they, they, would, they would stop playing, and you have to wiggle that thing a little bit. Somebody in here know what I'm talking about. And, and if that didn't work, you had to grab a little piece of cardboard and stick it in the side. And we thought we had arrived, but, but then cassette tapes came out. And you, you millennials, y'all like, what in the world? is he talking about? Yeah. Cassette tapes came out and we thought that we were there, but then uh, time transpired and CDs came out. And, and again, we thought we were there, but time went on and, and now we no longer need CDs or things of that nature. We had vinyl back then. Amen. I remember my daddy had a collection of vinyls, 45s, LPs, all those different things. It was the day and time that I was, I was raised in and and, and and it, so there's a good percentage of you in this room today. You don't know nothing about dialing on a phone. Yeah, I remember, and Lord have mercy, if your number is all the way to the left, then you got to. See, see, some of you don't know nothing about that, but that was a different day in time. It was a dial phone. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was a time that, that we grew up in. And I'm old enough to remember young people when, when TV used to go off. Anybody remember when TV used to go off? <laughs> you only had about four or five channels in the first place. <laughs> and then it went off at midnight and you had the Tonight Show and then the national anthem would come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then the TV would go snow. Anybody know what I'm talking about in this room today? And they would say, this concludes your daily broadcasting channel. <laughs> oh, well, might as well turn this thing off. But see, now you got over 600 channels and it never goes off. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to connect some dots here that, that it's a different day in time. Mm -hmm. and we must understand that not everything that God does begins the way we think it does, because everything that God does begins with a seed and ends with a harvest. Everything God does begins with a seed and ends with a harvest. This thing started in a garden but ended up a city. Yeah. The book of Acts is not the church in maturity. The book of Acts is the church 
in infancy mode. Whoa, what, what happened though when you start studying uh, the, the matriculation of infancy on up? Amen. What happened? Because watch this, the focus of infancy is survival. The focus of childhood is learning. The focus of adolescence is self. But the focus of maturity is reproduction. And in Houston, we got a problem because there's, there's a shortage of reproduction in God's kingdom today, the way it needs. I'm not talking about the church's assignment. I'm talking about individual assignments. You must be about reproduction. And in order for reproduction to take place, there has to be a lot of, don't miss this, mingling together. Yeah. We got to mingle together. Get your minds out the gut. I'm not, I'm not talking about the wrong kind of mingling. I'm talking about Barnabas groups. Yeah, Barnabas was a New Testament apostle, and, and Barnabas' name means son of encouragement. And we get Barnabas groups from the fact that he served as, watch this, a liaison between the missionaries and the congregation. And, and so when we say Barnabas groups in our day and time, we must modernize it, and it is the bridging of the gaps between the mature and the immature. Don't miss it. It is the bridging of the gap between, don't miss it, the older and the younger. It's the bridging. It's the pulling us all together. Everybody say together. And so what we see then, watch this, don't miss this. The first time Jesus came, he looked like us. But the second time Jesus comes back, we're going to look like him. I'm talking about saved folks in this building today. Amen. Are you saved? Do you love Jesus? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Amen. Anybody? Come on. Y'all ain't witnesses with me at all. So the only thing that God can implement in today's time to catch us up is a generational shift. Mm -hmm. Because every generation has the right to claim the move of God in their own generation. The move of God goes from one generation to the next. But if the continuity between our generations are broken, is broken, then every generation has to start all over again. And listen to me, church, that's not the plan of God. God doesn't want us to start all over again. He wants it to continue down through the generations. Hallelujah. That's not the biblical roadmap for us to start all over again. The plan of God, watch this, is that one generation praises God to the next generation. (laughs) Yeah, they got to see you. They got to see you not hypocritical. They got to see you live that life. Yeah, mom, dad, amen, uncles, aunties, whoever you may be. They got to see you live the life before them. Don't tell them don't do, but you do. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to live the life before them because millennials, they see fakes and phonies all the time. And they will call you out on it. Amen. So we got to praise God from one generation to the next generation that, that we have something that, watch this, don't miss this, must work generationally. Yeah. If we are to see the move of God continue and, and to get stronger no matter, no matter what. Don't you ever become so selfish that you feel your generation is the only way. Hmm. 
No matter what, don't you ever become so selfish that, that, that you miss that. The God we serve is, is a multi-generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All three generations living at one time. All three generations being poured into at one time. Now watch this. Watch this. Don't miss this prophetic text, this prophetic message in Malachi's book, Malachi's book. Don't miss this. Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 and says, and we're reversing the order of this, but don't miss this as we contextualize this text and extrapolate the validity and proof of where we're going today. Malachi 4 says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet for the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And watch this. Don't miss it. What does he say? And he will turn. God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. <laughs> and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Now, now, this prophecy in the book of Malachi gives us insight into something that God was and is doing even to this day. This text at verse 5 begins the warning that, that, that I preached this a while ago, but it began the warning that closes out the Old Testament, also known as the 400 years of silence or the intertestamental period, and it ended up coming uh, uh, to pass when John the Baptist comes on the scene as the front runner for Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. But listen to what he says. He says that, watch this, this repentance, he says this repentance would not only restore people's relationship to God, but he was also going to restore their relationships to one another. God in this prophecy is saying, I'm simply going to bridge the gaps so that my kingdom can look like my kingdom. Fathers and children and sons and fathers, they're going to connect. It's not always biological blood. Come on, somebody. God says, I'm going to bridge. I'm going to connect folks. Amen. I'm going to connect you to folks that don't look like you. But I'm going to make some kingdom connections. Amen. Somebody shout kingdom connections in the house today. So when we watch this, when we see the move of God, we must realize it is the trick of the enemy to Watch this, watch this. Keep this move of God from trickling over to the next generation. Instead, what we have is we have generations pulling apart. Instead of coming together, it is the assignment of the devil. Satan is doing a yeoman's job on the church because we have generations pulling apart. Instead of coming together, and I, I asked Google this the other day. I said, hey, Google, and, 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 and I, sometimes I got Siri too. I said, hey, Siri, but I, I did, did I want to make sure she didn't try to talk back to me. I said, hey, Google. And Google said, yes. I said, Google, how many folks on the planet Earth? And Google said, there's about 7.8 million, billion, I'm sorry, people on the planet Earth. I said, okay. I said, hey, 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 Google. And Go um, let me stop saying that, too, because it's going to go off in my pocket. And, and I said, uh, uh, what, <laughs> come on. I said, what is the average age on the planet? said, the average age on the planet is 30 years of age. I said, okay, what is the average age in the U.S.? It said the average age in the U.S. is 38.1. I said, okay, what is the average age in Egypt? It said the average age in Egypt is 24.1. So at the same time, watch this, don't miss this, there are more people who are centenarians in this day and time that we're living, I'm talking about right now, there are more people that are over 100 right now than there ever has been in history. So the enemy's strategy is to bring destruction to God's church. 
He's trying to bring destruction. That, that's why the scripture says, John 10, 10, Jesus says, the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Satan ain't playing, church. That's why we can't play. Amen. Satan's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. So we have generations going in two different directions. So I'm submitting to us today, in order for us to see the fullness of God's kingdom at work, there must be a kingdom combine. Yeah, we, we got to start pulling it all together so, 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 so the world is younger. And at the same time, we have people who are older. And what we have is generations of people pulling apart. And the devil says, if I can't hit them nowhere else, guess where I'm going to hit them at? I'm going to hit them at generational gaps. Mm-hmm. We're going in different directions. We, 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 we have to have a, a shift in our thinking to fix this problem because I have, you, you, watch this, you, you got one generation that's hanging on the power too long. And you got another generation that's going after power too fast. <laughs> you better hear me in this room today. One generation is becoming Absalom's. In this day and time, you do remember who Absalom is, right? Absalom was the third son of David, and he wanted the power too quick. Wasn't his time. So he went after the power too quick. And so you got generations going after the power too quick because they want something before it's time. And what they have become, watch this, they have become assassins of Moses and Elijah before they even pass on and hand the mantle to them. But then you got other generations who would die with a death grip, and they're going to try to kill the transition that God is trying to make in his church today. Don't, don't keep a position for 50 years and you lost the anointing 10 years ago. The question is, who's coming up next behind you? Who, who have you reached out to as a, as a Barnabas ministry and, and passed on your gift to? You got to pass it on. You can't die with that thing in you. You got to find some folks to bring them under your wing and say, just walk with me for a little bit. Just talk with me for a little bit. I know you may not be all there yet, but I just want to impart something on. That's another word. Everybody say impart. Everybody say impartation. Got something I want to impart on you for a little bit. Who's coming up behind you because you can't die with your gift. God told me to tell somebody in this room today, don't sacrifice what's coming up behind you. And then on the flip side, God began to tell me to tell somebody in this place that they don't want it too quick. Don't want it right now. Don't want it immediately. And, 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 and come on, somebody. We got to pull it all together. We need a kingdom combine because God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And I love this principle that he gave me. This is what he said. He's pouring out his spirit. Joel chapter 2. Come on. We know the text. Verses 28 through 30. He's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. And at the same time, don't miss it, that young men are having visions. The Bible says old men are dreaming dreams. It's all supposed to be happening at the same time. <laughs> and, then, and then Elisha was the uh, successor. He, he was the successor to Elijah. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was the successor to Elijah with the prophetic mantle at this time in, in, in our history lesson today. And, and he had, Elijah had great succession planning. 
you have great succession planning when you, when you look at your children, and I understand some may be rebellious and living in ways that you say, oh, no, it ain't them. Yeah, those are the ones God wants to use. <laughs> Don't miss it. The Bible says, 2 Kings chapter 8, it says, I love, I love it, 2 Kings chapter 8, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and what did Elijah do? He struck the waters. And it was divided this way and that way, so the two of them uh, crossed over on dry ground. And, and so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah has a conversation with his successor. He says, what can I give you before I'm taken away? Have you asked anybody that question here lately? What can I pass on to you? I may have a long life ahead of me. Preferably, we all do. Amen. Uh, come on, somebody. But, but what can I pass on to you? What can, I, what can I impart into your life before God takes me out of this way? He asked him a good question. And, and, and Elisha, 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 <laughs> Elisha was bold. He, he was bold. Elisha says, okay, you, you asked me a good question. Let me think. I ain't got to think too hard. Elisha responds and says, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Let a double portion of your anointing be on my life. And watch Elijah's response. Elijah responds, you have asked a hard thing. He, he didn't say you asked an impossible thing. Don't you miss that? He said you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, when I'm taken, mm -hmm. you shall get exactly what you asked for. Elisha was probably thinking about Deuteronomy 21, verse 17, because when you read your scriptures and you see this in the, 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 the law, Deuteronomy 21, verse 17 says that the firstborn son was entitled to two shares of his father's estate. So Elisha was like, you ask me what I want. I see what you're doing, man of God. I want a double. I want a double portion of what you have on your life. And I wonder, is there anybody in this house today that's saying, Lord, I want more. Lord, I know I'm anointed now, but I'm seeking greater God. I want more on my life. I want a double portion of your anointing, Holy Spirit. So he says, nevertheless, if you see me when I'm, when I'm taken from you, it shall be so. But if not, then, then not so. And, and then the Bible says at verse 11, don't miss it, the first Three words. Then it happened. <laughs> As they continued walking that, that, watch this, watch this. Chariot of fire appeared <laughs> with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by where we went into heaven. And Elisha saw it. Elisha saw it. Yeah, he saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father. Chariots of fire of Israel has, and its horsemen, and, and come on somebody, and saw him no more. And, and don't miss this, don't miss this, don't, don't, don't you dare miss this. He, he, he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Elisha was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the same man now. <laughs> you, you told me if I see you when you're taken, 
then, then I'm going to get what I asked you for. So I'm going to take off what's on me and I'm going to make sure I don't ever put it back on again. You, you need to in the spirit realm start. You, come on, y'all better operate. You better start tearing some stuff up and say, I will not put that old me back on again. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, my God. He tore it. Can't put that back on no more. It's torn. And he took up. <laughs> I love this. He tore what was on him. And he took and got ready to put on what fell off of Elijah. <laughs> Don't miss it. He, verse 13. He took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he went back to the place that he had just left with the man of God. It didn't take him long to think, elders. Mm-hmm. Got to get back across this thing. Wait, wait, wait. When we was on the other side, I saw the prophet take his man. <clears throat> he struck the waters and it parted this way and that way and, and they walked across on dry ground. So he stood at the bank of the Jordan River and he said, where is the God of Elijah? And he struck the waters and the anointing that was on Elijah. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo! Because we serve a God that is in there giving you evidence. Oh, somebody in this room today needs some evidence that God is with you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, God, show it to me, God. Show it. Where is the God of Elijah? And the Bible says when he struck those waters, they parted this way and that way. And there were some witnesses. There was the school of prophets that was standing there, and they all saw it. Come on, somebody. And he walked back across. Don't you dare miss this today, church. This is kingdom. Elisha's job when he was walking with Elijah was to pour water on the prophet's hands. Don't you miss this. I promise you this is good. Elisha's job while he walked with the prophet was to pour water on the prophet's hands so he could wash his hands. That was his job. You can read 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. It mentions it there. And with this entitled generation that says, you owe me. As I previously mentioned, watch this. If you go after power too fast or want it too quick, you will miss a very important kingdom principle. Don't miss it. That you can't part water until you pour water. <laughs> yeah, it's too many folks trying to part water today and you ain't got no anointing for it because you hadn't served long enough. It's too many folks trying to part water today, but you ain't sat under nobody. Don't tell me who you over until you tell me who you under. Amen, somebody. Yeah, you can't part water until you pour water. You can't have a parting anointing until you serve and have a pouring anointing. <laughs> 
And I see God in this room today trying to put the picture in your hand and say, all right, pour, pour. And you say, how long, God, I got to pour? Just keep pouring, amen. Just keep pouring because you can't see behind closed doors what God is doing while you're pouring. And while you're pouring, God is building your character. While you're pouring, God is building your anointing. Because what tugs at your anointing is your character. And if your character ain't right, if you've gone through growth track, you've heard some of this. If your character ain't right, your character will pull the anointing from you. Tell somebody beside you and tell them, get your character right. So in our generations today, as I prepare to come to a close, that, that, that there has to be a turning of the hearts of the fathers to their sons, and there has to be a turning of the hearts of the sons to their fathers. We, we can't miss this today. Generations have different worldviews. And if we don't understand that God's plan is for us all to get together, we're going to allow ourselves to pull apart and miss the moment of God that he has for us. Because one of the issues with God's church today is hearing God. Faith comes by not having heard. Faith comes by hearing God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. <laughs> And so it's possible to have heard a word, but not hear what God is saying now. And so God gave Abraham a word. Take Isaac, your only son, sacrifice him on the altar. And Abraham was obedient and did what God told him to do. He took Isaac up to the altar and he got ready to slay his son on the altar. And while the knife was in his hand and held up, God said, stay your hand. I'm so glad that he not only heard God to tell him to go, but he heard God again. And God is saying, don't just hear me what I said before, but keep on hearing me. Keep on listening. Keep on seeking my presence. Keep on, come on somebody, keep on worshiping. Keep on praying because I'm always speaking. The purpose of the first word was to put Isaac on the altar. The purpose, watch this, of the fathering anointing is to get the next generation to the altar. But once you get them to the altar, you need to hear the second word. The purpose of the second word is to put your knife away so that we don't kill them on the altar of our good intentions. <laughs> we must continue to find ways to combine and, and pass, pass on this anointing that God has. And, and I, I love the text. Don't miss, I, I, I got one more thing I want to give to you before I get, I love the text of what we find, what we've coined as Pentecostals. We, we coined this in the five-fold ministry, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Listen to what it says. And he, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, see that combine, 
Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, so that we should, watch this, don't miss this, no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every kind of wind and doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunningness and craftiness of deceitful plotting. The purpose of FIFO ministry is not so you can brag on I'm an apostle, so I'm a prophet, I'm an evangelist, I'm a teacher. No, that's not the purpose. The purpose is for infrastructure in the church of God. God says, I need infrastructure. I need folks who are going to keep my church safe. <laughs> he says, he goes on, but speaking truth and love, watch this, don't miss this, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. From whom the whole body, oh, I, I got to slow down because this is too good. Joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. In other words, one version says every supporting ligament. In order for you to do this number, there are supporting ligaments. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the hams that's, that's going to that's gonna take the bend, amen, but there are, there's also this, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor, I don't know the term, but there's another joint back here, come on somebody, supporting ligaments. If I'm going to pick something up, I'm lifting with my buys and tries, but there's supporting ligaments, come on somebody, that's, that's helping, he says, by which every joint knit together supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part does its share. Again, every, everybody say this with me, every part does its share. Dr. Tony Evans, as he was talking about this, he said something about the perfect way to describe this text is to talk about redwood trees of California. He said, when you see these big, tall giants, these monstrosities of trees, he says, you, you see what's above the ground, and they're beautiful, they're huge, they're large, they're big. But he said, if you notice, there's a grove of trees. And he said, the reason those trees are so strong <laughs> is not because they're so tall and big and strong. It's what's underground. It's what you can't see. What happens in those grove of trees is their roots intermingle with each other. They, they tie knots with each other. Amen. Everybody just go ahead and cross your arms like that. Tie, tie knots in your arms. Come on, somebody. They, they, they tie knots with each other, and, and what's taking place is those knots underground, when strong winds come, those trees ain't move. Why? Because they got supporting. <laughs> they got supporting trees that's linked together with them. That's helping them to stand strong and tall. And what we need as the body of Christ is not variation and separation. We need to link together with our brothers and our sisters and say, I'll make you stronger, but you make me stronger too. <laughs> Truth of the matter is we need each other. I need you. You need me. We all need each other, and we need this kingdom combine to take place. And Elisha, as he looks up and sees this chariot of fire taking, faith, taking, take, taking Elijah away, he says, my father, my father, stand on your feet with me today. I'm done. The fathering anointing is an impartation anointing. <laughs> 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 
Let me say that again. The fathering anointing that Elijah was talking about was an impartation anointing. It's, 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 it's when, you, when, you, when you lay hands on someone and I, I, I can't explain how God does what he does. Pastor Chris walks in these altars and he lays hands on folks all the time. And we have testimonies of folks being healed and delivered and saved. We have those all the time. We get a report every week that we go over in our staff meetings. I don't know how God does it. But it's something about when there's an impartation. You, 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 you may not fully understand it in that moment, but when God finishes doing what he's doing, from that impartation, you come out stronger. You come out changed. You, you, you come out different. Hallelujah. And that's the purpose and design of this fathering anointing where God is turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons. He, he, he says that, that there needs to be this, this kingdom combine. I, I, I need all my elders and, 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 and prayer team members, I need you to just come to the altar for a moment. There's, a, there's an impartation that God wants to give in this house. Some of you are tired of being where you are. You feel stuck. God says, I want to talk to you right now. If you feel stuck, there's a fathering anointing in this house today where, where God wants to release something onto your life. Ah. Feel the presence of God in this room today. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. God is trying to get something to you. He's trying to get something in you. <laughs> He's trying to get this ministry and God is saying, I'm, I'm looking for some people who, 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 who are going to be just like Elisha, my, my prophet. And, and you got the mantle now, but now you want the proof. Where is the God of Elijah? I saw my mama do it. I, I saw my, my dad do it. I saw my grandparent do it. But now, where are you at in my life, God? Where is the God of Elijah? There's a kingdom combine taking place. If, if God is ministering, come on. You don't have to wait on me. You can come on right now. Somebody, there's a drought in your life, and you need God to push you on into the next season. You, you need to come. You, you need to come. I, I don't know who, who you are, but if, if there's something going on, you're missing something in your life, God is saying you better step out and get to this altar right now because there's an anointing to change you in this room today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.